Hello and welcome again to Voices in Innovation. My name is Johnny Baldisberger, and I am joined today by Enrico Signoretti, our analyst, and Gardar from Acronis. Hi Enrico, how are you today? Hi Johnny, I'm doing very, very well. So we just lifted off the, our uh, we just lifted off our lockdown here in Italy, so we we can spend more time outside, and uh, so the life is great. You look tan, even being stuck inside more than I do, because I'm the palest man. Kaidar, uh, where are you and how are you doing? I'm in Burlington, Massachusetts. So out of the funny activities, what we do is now we have to wear the masks every time we go outside. Have you, uh, have you gotten yourself a nice custom mask with a good uh, graphic on it, or are you using something more? We have a bunch of Acronis branded masks coming our way. Nice. And we're also going to deliver it to all our partners. So we're using every opportunity to promote the brand. That's, that's very smart. So we recently did an episode where we spoke about COVID-19. Uh, Enrico, you joined us for that episode. We're actually going to touch back on that topic. We talked a lot about the way things were impacted and where they were at the time. Uh, with you guys' permission, I'd want to focus more on the future. As we spoke about before, most organizations weren't ready for this kind of pandemic, uh, for people to work remote at this level. Through the use of things like Zoom and video conferencing, people have been able to continue working uh, where they can, and it's been a boon. However, a huge concern currently facing us is security and protection. And Acronis is a cyber protection company. Uh, so first, I'm going to break tradition. I'm actually going to just, uh, Gaidar, could you explain what cyber protection is? Yeah, and the simplest term is combination between data protection and cybersecurity. So we truly believe that uh, just backup itself, data protection itself, and security by itself is not enough anymore to protect people in the modern digital world. So you just have to have the combination. So you have the um, advantages of both, but in integrated fashion that you can deliver all the benefits to the, to the customer. So uh, the way we usually talk about cyber protection is that it combines five vectors of protection that we call safety, accessibility, privacy, authenticity, and security. And safety means that you have a copy you can recover, accessibility, you have access to your data, privacy, you have control over who has access to your data, what they can do with this. Authenticity, it's a very important concept here is that you can verify that you have the original copy of your data. And then of course, security protection against malicious threats. So cyber protection is the combination of all five of those vectors together. Fantastic. Enrico, you very recently wrote a report for gigaohm.com, a key criteria for evaluating hybrid cloud protection. Do you feel like the table stakes and the key criteria have changed any since the on, since the beginning of the pandemic and the way the world has changed? Well, it's important to note that when we started this work around hybrid cloud data protection, okay, we wanted to uh, cover all aspects of data protection, not just data center data protection or 
uh, mobile data protection, uh, SaaS data protection. But you know, we look at solutions that have a, you know, an ample spectrum of uh, use cases covered. And this means that uh, we, uh, we focused a lot on solutions that provide not a little bit of everything, but more uh, a consistent uh, solution for all the possible uh, scenarios. One of these scenarios is, of course, uh, SaaS applications. And we saw during the pandemic that, you know, uh, SaaS soared in, uh, in utilization. I mean, Microsoft 365 is one of the most common. Not that it was not used before, but, you know, workflows changed a little bit because you don't have access many times to a local um, file server like you had in, uh, in, you know, when you were working in, in your uh, data center, oh, sorry, when, when you are working in your uh, headquarters or office. Now you have to, to deal with a different kind of problems. So you have your PC connected to the cloud. Sometimes you don't even have a VPN if you are uh, a small organization. So you, you need to share documents in another way. And this way is uh, OneDrive, for example. So having solutions that can protect this kind of um, services is very important. Um, another aspect that is uh, equally important is, is the fact that uh, uh, users are now more exposed to ransomware than before. So in a, in a well-protected environment that is usually your uh, enterprise, okay, ransomware is a big risk, okay? Everybody wants to protect you know, clients and servers from this kind of risk. But actually, when you are at home, you are exposed to a totally different uh, set of risks. One of these risks is that you are in a, you know, an unprotected network and uh, uh, you are accessing uh, files probably that are external to your uh, network. I mean, uh, uh, it happened to me a few days ago, okay, that one of my kids needed to uh, add an assignment for, for school. And we opened the, uh, the USB key with, uh, uh, with my wife's Windows 10 computer, okay? There was nothing in it. I mean, just a, a Word document and he had uh, his, uh, you know, his work done. But actually, it's unusual, okay? It's something that you don't usually do. And this changes a lot. Uh, and I thought about that. I mean, my wife has, you know, the traditional uh, virus protection that comes with Windows, but uh, her company didn't put anything on top of that computer. So that's a risk. I mean, at the end of the day. So, Gaidar, this might be a little bit of a leading question. I have, I have an answer I'm hoping you'll give me. I'm afraid it won't be the one you do. What have you seen as far as companies' awareness of their security needs and their protection needs from before and now during uh, this pandemic? Yeah, it's a very good question, actually. So a lot of companies were not ready for this situation. So they were relying on the security of their corporate network, corporate infrastructure. Some that had the corporate IT were relying on that IT. And then suddenly what happened is that IT became just 
critical for everything because otherwise we just cannot work from from home right so it became critical but there's no protection in place because nobody was thinking about everybody suddenly working working remotely so organizations weren't ready a lot of them uh, didn't have vpn deployed they didn't have process to work remotely they didn't have the tools that are needed by workers so they had to implement something extremely extremely quickly and uh, they were not really considering all the security risk because the primary uh, consideration for them is to get people working to get them productive and security was not just among the concerns so at best a lot of organizations were thinking about protecting the particular device that the uh, worker has at home but not thinking about the network overall so as Enrico mentioned, its network is not secure. There are multiple other devices on the network that can be attacked. And with home networks, what's happening, and we see a lot of it from the reports of our Cyber Protection Operations Center, is that uh, there are some new types of uh, attack surfaces. So you may have an IoT controller, IoT device, your smart TV in your home network that is never receiving any security updates. So it's not even a zero-day vulnerability. It's what is called now forever-day vulnerability. So the device can be attacked to access your network, and then your network will be compromised, and your work device can be attacked, and your traffic can be intercepted, your passwords can be stolen. So many bad things can happen. And organizations were not thinking about it. Now they have to, and they just don't have resources to deploy that security, so they now apply um, whatever they can do, and they go to managed service providers, asking them to support those remote workers and uh, improve their security posture. A few episodes ago, we spoke to Ned Bellavance about edge infrastructure, and just an episode or two ago, we spoke to Chris Grundeman about uh, SD WAN. Both analysts were pretty focused on the security needs of those technologies and both are emerging tech, right? So my hope and my question for you, Enrico, is do you feel like people are becoming more aware of the security needs of data management and uh, data migration? Are they, are people actually moving to be more secure? So if you think about people as end users, the, the answer is no. So um, the, the problem is, I, I think that we, we give everything for granted. I mean, we use our computers, we access with uh, our, uh, you know, sometimes very, very, uh, I would say, idiotic passwords. I mean, there is people that are still have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight as a password, okay? So, and uh, a lot of times you, you put uh, your wife's names and your dog's name and, and, and things like that. So it, it doesn't work, okay? And uh, from the I, enterprise IT perspective, yes. I mean, we are doing everything we can for security. I mean, we understood finally that data is the most important asset of our company, okay? Every organization, I mean, even Gigal, even uh, even the smallest of the of the businesses, they need data to do everything. I mean, they you need data even to pay your taxes, and if you can't pay the taxes, you're in fault. So even if you have a very small company, you are using a computer, and the computer contains 
all the life of your company. Okay. Uh, that said, not everybody is so conscious, but the bigger the company, the more the efforts that they are putting to, to secure the company, the processes, and all the communication between uh, the, the various uh, uh, actors in, uh, in, uh, in their infrastructure. So yes, we, we are more secure, but we are dealing with users that don't understand security at all. Well, I feel personally attacked about my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight password. I'll have to change that now. Thank you. Uh, Gardar, what do you think will remain in place as people are changing their security and their processes? What's going to stay the same after lockdown is up, after we get past this pandemic? And what do you think is maybe going to go back to uh, the old ways, pre-pandemic, PP, if you will. Yeah, it's uh, hard to say if we are ever going to go to this pre-pandemic state because a lot of things changed. Uh, many companies just realized that there are significant productivity gains from uh, working from home. My personal example, when I switched to working from home, Initially, I had a little bit of a drop of productivity. I was thinking I'm not performing that well because I cannot do a brainstorm session with my team. I cannot spend time in the office and just uh, talking directly to partners and customers face-to-face. -face. But then over time, it actually became apparent that it's easier to work remotely. There's just more time during the day and you can do way more just because people adjusted to having short calls, doing those quick calls any time of the day. So productivity gain is here. Then also a lot of companies finally realized that when you have everybody working remotely or majority of your employees working remotely, you can hire people anywhere. So you have access to the best talent and you can find the best ratio between costs and, and performance. So I don't think the world is going back. Well, We'll, we'll be in this uh, remote work situation. And because of that, we will have remote infrastructure and home offices and we need to protect them. And, and everything suddenly became edge and endpoint. So everything is now connecting to the data centers or corporate networks from somewhere. And this is when the complete cyber protection is actually required because just having an endpoint protection, just protecting the system from downtime or having a backup solution, just storing data somewhere is not enough. And you constantly have to protect against those new types of attacks that are not even known to us right now. And just, just the thought, so in this situation, it's kind of interesting. So everybody's working remotely, everybody's uh, locked in their houses, but can you imagine what could happen if we would have a major cyber attacks, major virus, now going after our systems while we in this state. So remote work is not possible. Nothing is working. IT infrastructure goes down. Then that will be a disaster, even worse than this current pandemic. And uh, we can expect that moving forward, those type of situation may happen because the bad guys, they are big now considering different opportunities and uh, and it, it, it creates a lot of room for new types of cyber attacks and we will see them. So we need to be prepared now. So moving forward, we expect that more customers, more partners will be uh, security conscious, more businesses will be investing more in security. And uh, what we can expect, there'll be more um, 
managed service providers that will be providing security services. And security will become something extremely important for every customer. I would happily argue that security is something that should be important for every customer, every <laughs> single person. Enrico, what do you think is going to, same question essentially, what do you think is going to stay in place from these changes? What do you think may ease off once we're no longer under lockdown? Uh, what changes to overall data security will exist? Well, in general, I, I, I'm, you know, I agree with uh, Gaydar in, in, on many aspects that he touched uh, during his intervention. I think that um, for my personal experience uh, uh, as, you know, as husband of my wife, I mean, she, uh, I saw um, her evolution as a user in this couple of months and uh, day by day. So she is the kind of person that hates technology, but uh, actually she was forced to use some of it uh, like, uh, like uh, Microsoft Teams. And, uh, you know, she hates teammates, but actually loves Microsoft Teams. There is everything she needs there, you know, uh, fast uh, uh, interaction with, uh, with teammates, uh, video calls, uh, there is everything in that tool. I mean, it's not that, that different from Slack or others. I mean, just she discovered something and she told me the other day, I can't live without Teams now. I mean, it's, uh, and uh, so we will have an hybrid situation after this. Uh, uh, it's not that she won't go to the office, okay? But probably now she knows that she can stay at home when she needs it. And also, even at the office, a lot of processes uh, are smoother, you know, different anyway. So, um, a few a few things change it and and uh, and this you know will impact the decision that the IT will make in the in the future okay because again they are using uh, they are not using emails anymore to share files I mean because in the past everybody was in the same network they used the same shared folders everything was easy and they were sharing documents outside the company with via emails. Okay, now uh, maybe they will go back to this kind of behaviors. But actually, they understood that they they can use OneDrive and they share only one link, so they can keep working on the same file. For example, okay, if they uh, if they share a folder with the, uh, and for them it, it's you know for, for us it's you know table stakes. I mean we all use Dropbox on any other tools like that one, you know, Google Drive or, or whatever. They, for them, was something new. And, you know, uh, and it's incredible. And they are now happy. So that what I'm trying to say here is we won't go back. So there are a lot of advantages and working in a smarter way. They understood that. And yes, to their productivity point, yes, they are more productive than in the past they still need probably need to learn a few things because you know short calls i didn't see that happen yet but it's true we are italians so and we like to chat more than, uh, than others so that that could 
take more time. But, but in general, yeah. So there are processes that change it. She lost working from home. So security will change accordingly and the IT uh, will, uh, will look into it. I'm pretty sure about that. So uh, her, her laptop, her resources will change as well, consequently. So we've talked about right. this a few times yep. on this recording where the, the weak spot is not necessarily the software always, but is oftentimes the people, right? Those are the, the greatest gap in security that exists. So, Gadar, how does a company, a security or cyber protection company work with clients to address that issue, uh, train employees. Yeah, it's a very, very good question. So yes, people are the major source of all the security risks. And um, just to add a little bit to what the Enrico was uh, saying, we see the IT infrastructure is changing. So this pandemic did much more to the cloud for the cloud adoption than um, any marketing campaign ever done before. So companies realize we, we can move to the cloud. They increase investments towards the collaboration tools and they started to protect um, devices that they were not protecting before. So they, they, they're doing that. We see that it, it's happening and across our partner customer base, we see that there is significant investment in cloud-based um, cyber protection which is a great opportunity for our partners. And then the weak link here is the person. So somebody who actually deals with information on a daily basis. And uh, we of course realize that. So we include uh, information about security awareness in all of our campaigns. We train our partners. We're starting to train our customers on security, especially in the remote work environment. And we even provide uh, services that um, include training trainings. So, and as part of our professional services package, we can we can also train com companies for the security awareness. But here we more rely on the partners, on service providers that manage the infrastructure, that are doing the trainings for the end users, basic things like not opening emails from unknown senders, and also not running some unknown applications, but also teaching. Um, the end users on how to ensure the security of the network and security of the device to make sure that everything that they have is protected. So we rely on, uh, on the partner network here. And our goal is to provide the necessary information and tools to those partners so they can train the user. But then there's another thing that's important is to enable those partners and end users um, with uh, protection tools that are as easy to use as possible. So that's one of the major things that we are doing is by, by integrating security and data protection is providing the tools that are as easy to use as possible. So you just install it, you completely protect it, you have all your data, you protect against attacks, you have a built-in antivirus, anti-malware, protection against ransomware. Um, and this way we can simplify this um, security training. So you don't have to teach people to use multiple tools. You don't have to use, to teach them different techniques. You just work with one single integrated solution that provides you complete protection. And that, that actually uh, leads to a 
much shorter time frame for onboarding new customers, training new customers, and then lowering just the cost of overall support of those customers. Fantastic. We are slowly uh, running out of time, but I wanted to ask one more question of each of you. Enrico, we'll start with you. What are going to be the long-term ramifications of the COVID-19 event for data management and data protection? Well, uh, I, I think it's uh, still a little bit early to you know, um, predict what will happen in the long term. Th there is a couple of things that uh, we are already seeing now, and maybe this is the seed of uh, a more important trend that uh, will happen later. But one is there is more attention to solutions that uh, are covering uh, not just uh, on-premises installation or the cloud, but more in a hybrid fashion, especially when it comes to data management. So, and this is the focus of my next uh, next report, actually, where we see uh, more and more solution focusing to uh, to collecting information from a lot of environments, and. Uh, and with this information, you can do more than in the past, including document classification, check for security threats, and and more and more. And this is, I think, uh, will become uh, uh, very important in the future, especially now that we are uh, starting to see a more distributed, uh, actually dispersed kind of IT environment. Okay, and for the same reasons. Uh, we will enforce uh, security differently. I mean, not that the solution were not already available, but they will become, uh, you know, the, the must now. While in the past were, was, uh, you know, something innovative, maybe many uh, traditional enterprises were not looking to this kind of solutions. Now it's, you know, it's mandatory to, to look at the problem in a totally different uh, way. So uh, I think that uh, all this uh, you know, wave of innovations that these uh, new, new players brought to the market of security and data protection, and they, they think a little bit different. And I think this, this is uh, going to, you know, benefit uh, a lot of users from this point of view. Thank you. And Gaidar, if you were to look in your uh, crystal ball, uh, cast it forward in time, what do you see? What are your uh, best guesses for the future? Yeah, we can we can look at the indication what what can happen from what we're already seeing. So we see there are more devices connected from different locations. Uh, the there is a need to protect more data. So you don't you know, really have complete control of where you store, what you store. So you have to protect more, more data. There are additional security implications. So you are in unsecure environment. There are multiple other people in the same network, family members. They're not security trained. They have some devices. Um, and also we started to use more those remote control, remote work applications. So you probably um, can just think about one of them, Zoom, that was just all over the news because there are so many security issues with that. But it was not that there are suddenly security issues. It's just the usage increased so much that it became um, interesting for the attackers to discover those issues and then use those tools to 
uh, attack home networks and remote workers. So we can expect that there will be more and more of that. So we'll see that there's will be a growing need to protect and store more data, and there will be growing need to secure that data. There will be growing need to verify that you have the original copies of your data, that it was not modified while you were sending it from one home office to another home office or from one location to another location. So it'll be just growing need for all of that. And it will be covered by the need to protect against the attacks we don't even know yet. Because we know that those bad guys will be looking for ways to steal your data, corrupt your data, um, do something nasty to your infrastructure. So we should be prepared for that. So thinking about what's going to happen in the future and what will be the long-term implications is we believe, and in my personal opinion is that IT will keep growing in, in importance. So this is what was happening for over over many years now. Suddenly it's critical, but it, it, will, it will still stay there. And uh, we can expect there will be significantly higher investments into protections of the infrastructure that would lead to new um, new industries, new tools, new players appearing on the market, serving serving the need of those customers. Fantastic! This has been a fascinating conversation. Any conversation that involves IT security is one that terrifies me to the very core. Uh, but it's very comforting to know that there are people out there looking to our security needs and uh, protection. Gaidar, if someone wants to continue this conversation, if they want to learn more about you and cyber protection, uh, how would they do that? Where they, can they go? So the best way would be is to go to acronis.com website and just learn more about cyber protection. And we just recently announced um, our new product that we call Acronis Cyber Protect. Which basically, which is basically a service that combines all vectors of cyber protection into one single solution, single product, and it's available through managed service providers. So I would definitely recommend everybody to learn more about this product because we truly believe that this is the future of cyber protection. Everything should be integrated. Otherwise, it's just if it's not integrated, then it's not easy to use. It's not efficient, and if it's if it's not easy to use and not efficient, then people will not deploy it, will not support it, and meaning that they will not have the security. So the only way to provide security is to make it as easy and efficient as possible. Thank you. Enrico, if people want to uh, slip into your DMs, how can they get a hold of you? So the easiest way is to um, connect through Gigam, of course, so gigam.com. And uh, I'm pretty active on uh, social media as well. So my LinkedIn profiles, uh, as well as Twitter, are uh, pretty active. My, my Twitter handle is uh, Asignority, Britain E. Signority. And, um, and that's probably the, the easiest ways to find me and to interact with me. Fantastic. And these links will be on the GigaOM page for this episode. So if you misheard or need to check anything out, you can go to gigohm.com podcast and in the Voices and in Innovation, this episode will have all of this information for you. Thank you all so much. You can go to gigohm.com for forward-facing advice on the future of IT and tech. For GigaOm, I've been Johnny Baldisberger, and this is Voices in Innovation. Just listen.